The man who discovered the blood moons is here with us. This is not good. This is one bucket wow. of pancakes. The man of the toupee. He's on the front page of New York There's no respect for white European males anymore. Podcast about propaganda and the people who peddle it. I'm Travis Reyes. I'm Kenny Van. I'm Amador Salazar. And we have a guest today. Hell yeah. I'm Gina, the guest. <laughs> Return guest, <laughs> Gina. That's, Gina, the guest. <laughs> so uh, before we get started with this episode, I don't know if you guys heard the bad news. But uh, all socialists are Democrats, <laughs> according to Marco Tiny Dick Rubio. <laughs> so I don't know how you feel about that, but uh, sorry, we're libs, libs now, <laughs> according to oh. little Marco. <laughs> like, little Marco is a bitch, and no one should listen to him. Whenever he talks about anything closely related to leftist stuff, obviously. You know what's funny? Like, I Googled when his... I was just, like, curious. I was like, when did his family, like, leave Cuba? Because I was like, oh, I have a seeking suspicion. They're, like, the white Cubans who left because they couldn't own slaves anymore. But his family, like, left when um, Batista was in power. And then he lied. And he's like, yeah, my family left because of uh, Castro. He was, like, so bad they left. And then people Whoa. called him on it, and he was like, "Look, I just think it's like cooler if my family fled communism instead of just like leaving because they had to pay Move. too much taxes or something." And it's like, <laughs> wait, so that makes me wonder. So, like, his family fled under Bautista. So, like, maybe they, maybe he's like the son of some like lefties, or at least anti-imperialists. I mean, it seems like that like seems to be the pattern. Too. Is like Kamala Harris's dad's like a Marxist Jamaican guy, and Pete Buttigieg's dad <laughs> is a Marxist, whatever the fuck Buttigieg is. Wherever yeah. the fuck weird Borat country his family's from. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I know. I know Buttigieg's dad basically translated a bunch of, of uh, works of Gramsci, so his dad at least knows uh, Italian, I guess. And Karl um, Marx kid. Or not Karl Marx. Pete Buttigieg can kind of speak uh, Spanish a little bit. Or Russian yeah, or whatever weird. Remember in that debate where he like tried, he was like, I can speak this language. And then someone said it to him and he was just like, yes. Yes in that language. Like back to them and they were like. <laughs> mm. My favorite thing is when, you know, politicians uh, know that their audience is like, more latino like they might be in miami or something they'll say some shit like si se puede and it's like 
that shit doesn't carry in Miami. You got to say that in California, dude. Like, like yeah. he said, that's, that's not Chavez shit. Like, what are you talking <laughs> about? They don't know. They don't care. It's fine. <laughs> I just think it's funny that Marco Rubio, like, thinks anyone takes him seriously after, like, the guy who's president now is like, your dick's tiny, like, at a debate. <laughs> and he's like, look, I, I'm a serious politician. It's like, you should quit after that. Uh, yeah they all should have every republican that lost to trump should have hung up their hats <laughs> that was really up to them to beat trump like they couldn't do it they should have fixed their own primaries the democrats did it yeah, they should have the done a reverse birdie i just been like everyone yeah. coalesced behind one of our 12 brand damage guys i think reagan's good <laughs> <laughs> They had an all-star cast. They had Jeb, Marco, Ted, Jeb, <laughs> They had Ted Cruz. Jeb, Jeb, please clap, Bush. Oh, yeah. Wasn't there, like, a lady in the primaries? Was it, like, yeah. Empress Figueroa Carly or something? Fiorino or something? Yeah, Princess Fiona. She was yeah. <laughs> in the <laughs> primary. Princess uh, Fiona, known for wanting to... Uh, not be a Shrek anymore. <laughs> Trying to privatize a uh, a swamp, teen <laughs> swampland. If I am uh, elected lady president, I will not drain the swamp, and also <laughs> no one will have to be a Shrek anymore. And all the Republicans are like, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't care about this. Make racism legal again. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Uh, the election is in this might be our last episode ever i think because uh the election is tuesday i'm okay. gonna fry my brain i'm just gonna do a bunch of acid and watch cable news all night long uh i don't know what you guys plan on doing but uh yeah the world's gonna end trump's for sure gonna be like i won like at like eleven fifty nine. <laughs> and then the civil war starts at 1201. <laughs> what's the what's the first state that'll probably be called? No idea. Probably some uh, Farquad land, whatever. <laughs> okay. I have no idea. Probably, yeah, probably like North Dakota, South Dakota, or you know, some bump some bump state that'll go to Trump. Sure. So maybe the ones that are like foregone conclusions, like will be called first. <laughs> yeah, the ones that they're like, look for sure. Uh, fucking <laughs> Omaha is a hundred percent Trump, and also eighty-five percent of the population is dead from being left in an airport overnight. <laughs> <laughs> he did that again, by the way. I was about to ask, was that the first or second? Yeah. <laughs> he did it like on Halloween, right? Wasn't it like last night that he was like... <laughs> I hope they were wearing costumes. I hope all those Trump guys were like dressed as fucking Tiger King and they're just getting frostbite <laughs> in their <laughs> shitty Carol Baskets costumes. Yeah, man. I don't know. He did that in a... This time he did it in a Battleground State. <laughs> the first one was like, <laughs> you're gonna win that state, right? Nebraska, like, 
fuck it. Like, you want to kill a couple of your followers? I guess that's, I mean, morally and on a legal basis, not fine. But if you're a power-hungry, like, bigot asshole, I guess it's okay. And, uh, but this time he did it in Pennsylvania, so. Right. He did a, I saw a news article that was, like, uh, extrapolated, like, how many cases can be attributed to his rallies. And then by that number, how many deaths could be attributed? And he's uh, technically murdered 700 people <laughs> at his rallies. He's All like, of which are now Twitter bots. <laughs> Thank <you>, Herman Cain. <laughs> Donald Trump has killed more people than the Showtime original series, Dexter. Okay? <laughs> that's my, I, that's, a, that's like my first joke in my writing pack at the Jimmy Fallon. I'm like, hire me for your show. You suck. Here's a good joke about Dexter. <laughs> uh, yeah, so speaking of election tomfoolery and South America, Amador, what are we talking about today? We are talking about uh, Bolivia. Hell yeah. Bolivia Newton-John. Huh? I just said Bolivia Newton-John. I don't know. I'm drunk off these <laughs> Canadian beers that I bought. <laughs> <laughs> all right no yeah i mean so um we're talking about uh bolivia but we're going a little more in depth that i mean we're going to talk about their most recent election and uh, also coup uh that happened uh which if you know anything about uh south america in general is has been you know a general policy that uh Eventually happens uh, because the U.S. and you know other uh, capitalist countries love to uh, overthrow uh, democratically elected governments. Um, anyway, um, yeah, no, I so I thought I would just start with some just some general uh, facts about Bolivia. Um, Bolivia is a plurinational uh, nation state. Um, and that's pretty unique, uh, given uh, just looking at any other country with indigenous nations in uh, their land. Uh, generally, they're not given, you know, autonomy. Um, but in Bolivia, they have uh, successfully done that with one of their recent uh, uh, constitutional like revisions that came along in 2010. Um, Let's see, they have a population of about 11 million people. Uh, so, I mean, in comparison to the United States, uh, not that much. I mean, I think New York City's population is about 8 million. So, so it's slightly like New York City plus city. like Syracuse. It's the population <laughs> of Bolivia. Yeah, I mean, what's interesting too is that, I mean, Bolivia, even though like, you know, it's not a huge country, like, uh, as far as like you know, region, region, regionality, like there's, it's very diverse. There's mountains. There's, uh, you know, the rainforest. The Amazon rainforest runs through there. Uh, yeah, and there's just like a lot of like arid, like rural areas too. Um, uh, Spanish is the official language of the country, but there's also 36 indigenous languages that are also considered official now. Um, and some common languages include uh, Quechua, Guarani, and Aymara. Um, 
And the other, I think, really understated and important thing about Bolivia is that um, it uh, has a lot of uh, mineral deposits in the land. Um, Bolivia was a, a key colonial region uh, for the Spanish Empire. A lot of the silver that it extracted was from Bolivia. Um, Bolivia is also rich in other minerals such as tin, silver, copper, and lithium. Yeah, nice. that's, that's, what, that's what makes Elon Musk's boner work, right? Lithium? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> he just takes like lithium powder and he just like sprinkles it. Sprinkles in it over there. His, it's like those weird gas station. Yeah, like pills, like you know, talking about those, they're called like rhino cock or something, and they're like a clear pill, which is like <laughs> sawdust in it. <laughs> you get like at the weird gas stations that sell crack pipes and hookahs. Yeah, all those, all those boner pills are Elon Musk products. That's where he makes the most of his money. Tesla, <laughs> but above that is boner pills. <laughs> so I mean, that's uh, lithium is uh, extremely important for the future of uh, more, I guess, green energy uh, products like electric vehicles and shit like that. Um, and cell phone batteries, like lithium is used. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so obviously this is something that a lot of leftists and a lot of, you know, people in general have spoken to as, you know, being a, a conflict mineral that, you know, the United States and other uh, regions have, you know, strong interests in. Um, yeah. Um, so also kind of wanted to mention that, um, you know, I believe, let me see where I can find it. Um, so I do want to talk about uh, Evo Morales because he was, you know, the president for a while and he was, uh, you know, uh, forced to resign. Um, he is, uh, indigenous, uh, he's the first, uh, indigenous president of Bolivia. A lot of the indigenous people refer to him as hermano presidente, um, and pretty incredible. I don't know. Like I was watching a lot of interviews with him, uh, actually watched an interview with him in Glen Um, and, um, the general sentiment seems to be that like, uh, I don't know. Like, he's a very humble guy. Like, he, like, in the interviews, he's, like, constantly talking about how, like, he's, like, it's not just me that's the president. It's, like, all of our indigenous communities that are president because they organized and, you know, elected me president, which is, like, in, an insane thing, you know, to have, you know, a president who actually represents the interests of the people. Um I don't know. We don't really have that here. So I saw like a list. I don't think it was a list. It was like a tweet where someone tweeted out like just kind of a list of people that were like, you know, pure socialists, like didn't have ulterior motives. And it was like Dr. King was on there, Cesar Chavez. Um, I don't remember who else was on the list, but Evo Morales seems like he'd be on that list of people who are like, oh, you're not doing this to be like, like he wanted be like an AOC who's also like, I'm doing this to be on RuPaul's, I'm on RuPaul's Drag Race now too. <laughs> I don't think Evo Morales would do that. I think he's well, just like a pure kind of. Yeah, well, I don't know. Like That'd be pretty cool though if Evo Morales was on RuPaul's Drag Race. And by the way, I don't mean that as any like shade at AOC. You can have 
fucking ex- I don't care. Do that stuff, but it's also like yeah. I know a lot of like super left people like question how like truly left she is, but I think so. Like even Morales is like a pure, like you're no one's gonna question how. He would not meet us long before Bernie. Like yeah, he's been for yeah. the people from the beginning. Yeah, and I mean I think an important thing, like since you mentioned AOC, um, I do think it's interesting that uh, well, like I don't know, like. Obviously, you know, like you said, AOC can, you know, be on RuPaul's Drag Race if she wants to be. Um, Evo, I mean, he started off as an organizer, um, and uh, he uh, actually is known for, like, playing soccer with a lot of, like, just indigenous people. Like, he's the, like, he's at Mano Presidente because he, like, fucking hangs out with people and shit um he would uh like stop union organizer meetings like if they were in a recess he'd be like all right let's go play some soccer real quick um so the only thing he loves more than socialism is soccer. soccer the two yeah. s's and that's that i mean that's a uh, i mean sports wise <laughs> so would be pretty fucking lame if that happened here though if you were doing something and like trump was like let's go throw the old pigskin around and then he'd get like hurt <laughs> and he'd like <laughs> lose his shit at you <laughs> Oh no, Trump would never do that because I he has like a weird thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, his this bones is... are all like sharp and like broken, right? That's what no, he, he said. Like he believes that like you only have like a finite amount of energy in your body, and so he's oh, like, yeah. I never work out because I don't want to waste my energy and die. And it's yeah. like fair enough. You survived COVID and only Big Mac, so you might be right. Yeah, I mean, by that point, Kevin was spending all his energy, you know, like, organizing and being a man of the people, uh, whereas Trump spends his energy getting people out to a tarmac and then abandoning them, so. (laughs) Was Morales kind of like the first lefty president in a while for Bolivia, or was he like a, like, who was his predecessor? Sure, so, um, I believe, uh... Carlos Meza, uh, who ran for president this time around, um, I believe he was his predecessor. I could be wrong on that, um, but uh, Carlos Meza is known as the more like a neoliberal yeah. type. Um, and before Evo, I found uh, I did find a one of the so. Something about Bolivia from the 60s through the 80s, they were extremely unstable as far as having like a leader, as like a, an elected leader. Uh, there was a lot of military juntas, like overthrows, coup d'etats, like, and there could be like several within one year. Um, there was one guy from the military junta that, um, let me see, I, I know I have some notes on that, but his name is. Uh, uh, they call him JJ Jota Jota in Spanish, <laughs> um, but he's <laughs> he his name is uh or was uh, President Juan Jose Torres, um, and he was socialist in the sense that like um, he was more of a I guess he 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 kind of saw like a rising tide wherein there was like a popular movement coming. And he was one of the military leaders in the junta. And when there was a coup d'etat against his predecessor, um, he, like, stopped the coup d'etat. His predecessor fled to Argentina. 
And then when uh, Torres like took over, uh, his president predecessor was like, "Oh, it's fine. You could be president. Fuck this. I'm out." Um, so he that's how he became president. Uh, he wasn't elected, um, but he he did you know kind of run a a counter to a right wing coup. Um, delayed it and had the support of uh, a lot of like indigenous and uh, working class people. Like they all took to the streets to like revolt uh, to stop the coup. Um, and he was credited with like uh, coming up with a people's assembly um, that had representatives of uh, actual like regular people. So there was like miners, peasants, students, unionized teachers that were in this popular assembly. Um, but uh, he didn't last too long. <laughs> he was president from October 1970 to 1971. Um, and he was quickly overthrown um, because he was actually uh, listening to the people. And, you know, like whether it was motivated like in like in a you know, a purely good, like, popular movement sense, like, probably not, but, like, yeah. They eliminated him, and then they had, like, a, a military dictator by the name of Banzer. Whoa. Uh, and they had a Final Fantasy for... character as their dictator? Huh? They had a Final Fantasy boss as their dictator? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, that guy, he ruled from, like, 1971 to 1978, um, and when he overthrew Torres, Torres escaped, went to Argentina, um, and then in 1976, he was kidnapped, shot, and assassinated, um, and it's pretty much confirmed that he was a victim of Operation Condor in South America, uh, because Banzer, when Banzer took over, um, he was supported by the Brazilian military junta and the United States government. Um, so there, you know, this was obviously motivated by, by like, you know, gas reserves, oil reserves, like mining, uh, you know, materials like tin and stuff. Um, Torres was trying to get a loan from the world bank while he was president and they wouldn't give it to him. And he was obviously trying to do that so that he could, like, kind of jumpstart the country's industrial economy, uh, which, you know, wasn't, you know, up to date at that moment. Um, they wouldn't give him the money, and it was all because, you know, they wanted someone that, you know, allied towards, like, corporate interests and stuff like that. Um, how, so, yeah, so there has been a guy. <laughs> how, like, fuck, like... Like, that's what's... It's not funny, like, ha-ha. It's like a funny in a, that Alanis Morissette song way, where, like, <laughs> in all these, like, <laughs> South American countries, they're like, yeah, no, socialism's cool. We like it. It's good. And then, like, America and, like, Pepsi-Cola is like, no, we're going to kill the guy that you like. And then they're just like, here's this, like, fascist. And they're like, what the fuck's happening? And it's like, America and Coke don't like socialism so now you have this guy yeah surprise we're all dead in a soccer stadium now (laughs) it's crazy because it's almost like non-stop in every single south america central america country for the past hundred years it's just like non-stop pepsi cola pulling up and like doing a drive-by it's like here's our weird fucking pepsi cola ad guy (laughs) who's gonna be our new dictator (laughs) 
Yeah, man, it's fucking crazy. Like, uh, I think I read somewhere that that dictator, that Banzer guy, he, uh, I think he had like some like connection. Like he, w- I think he was like a German. Uh, like his parents were like Nazis from Germany. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like, there's like, like all the all this Germans in um, South America after World War II, are, they're all just Nazis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- okay, so this guy, like, Banzer, he was a native of Santa Cruz, which is, like, an extremely, like, aristocratic area of Brazil, and still is to this day. Like, it has a strong agricultural sector, and a lot of the people that own the land there are all people that benefited from... Banzer's government uh, during that time in the 70s. Um, Here's some cool stuff about this guy. Uh, uh, He went to military school in Bolivia, Argentina, Brazil, and the United States. He took a motor officer course at the School of Americas. Um, Wait, what's motor officer? Is that what you learned to, like, drive a twisted metal-style tank and (laughs) (laughs) gun down civilians? Yeah, he's the clown. Yeah, he's sweet, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, but I mean, if you know anything about the School of the Americas, I mean, it, that place is notoriously known for, like, training, you know, eventual military dictators that ended up, you know, destroying whole countries in South America. So um, he's an alumni. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of people during his role sought, like, asylum in other countries, and uh, there's just, like, a lot of people fleeing. Um he, so here's a cool fact about Banzer too, and I think is like important, like in the history of Brazil uh, or Brazil, Bolivia. He was dictator for seven years during the '70s, and then he stepped down. Um, and supposedly, Car- Jimmy Carter's administration kind of put pressure on him to do that. Um, and really, what more of what it was was like, hey, we need like you all to move toward like civilian rule. So that, you know, it doesn't, like, it isn't blatantly obvious to everyone that, you know, you're doing our puppet. Yeah, you're doing <laughs> um, fascism. Yeah. Um, you have to stop wearing that, like, Pepsi-colored <laughs> suit. Yeah, <laughs> it had all the sponsorship stickers on it. Yeah, like one of those, like yeah, yeah, like one of those like military jackets, and just had like Sony PlayStation and <laughs> <laughs> Nestle Crunch Bar like all over it. Yeah, he's like a NASCAR guy. Just, <laughs> yeah, he's just weird. NASCAR, NASCAR fashion. Um, yeah, no. On his way, he did step down, and on his way out, he started a political party called Acción Democrática Nacionalista. So basically, democratic nationalism. Um, and the party's very right wing, um, and it still exists to this day. Um, and his party, you know, here's like the things that they think are cool to say, this is what we do as a party. Um, they oppose labor unions, um, and they want to vastly reduce the size of the government. Uh so they're, you know, essentially like our republics. Yeah, they're libertarians. Like, here's another cool fact about him. Um, he is the only military dictator in Latin America to go on to become democratically elected as president. So, <laughs> so he stepped down 
in uh, I believe 1976, like the late 70s. Um, and then they pulled him back in. They're like, you are too good at this. Is that what happened? <laughs> it's worse than that because it was 20 years later. And he got elected in 1997. Um, oh, shit. So some people feeling nostalgic for like dictator times. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, shit was better when I was a kid and my mom drink. got shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, um he is actually I think he was like president during like a lot of moves towards like neoliberal like privatization of like uh resources and stuff like that. Um a lot of countries like Bolivia, like, you know, they're very their economies uh surround are surrounded largely by like agriculture and um and extractivist, you know, uh, economies. So, you know, oil, gas, uh, shit like that. Um, yeah. So all that to say bands are really, uh, you know, letting, letting people know how popular he is. He got democratically elected after being a brutal dictator. Um, before I forget other thing, socialist, uh, related about Bolivia. Um, so Che Guevara uh, was killed by the Bolivian army in uh, in their like jungles and shit. Um, so he was like trying to, you know, foment like a popular, you know, resistance against, you know, all of this right wing, like puppet governments and shit um, in the 60s. Um, yeah, so that's a lot of backstory on Bolivia, um, but I, I never understood how the anti-union messaging works on people, especially like it didn't work. Like I remember when I had a job at Walmart and they like made us watch these like instructional videos when we got hired, and even then I thought their their propaganda was pretty weak because it was like I don't want a union getting in between me. And my ability to negotiate with my boss for money. Like, you don't have any leverage you know, at that point. You're just Joe Schmo going. Yeah. So I never understood how authoritarians or like dictators like spin that anti union message. And well, that's what like Uber and Lyft are doing now, where they're like, you don't want unions or healthcare or human rights because. If we give you that, you'll have to wear a uniform, and then you'll have to, like, work a set number of hours. And it's like, oh, so have a job? Yeah, I like that, you psychopath. You're like, you don't, though. You don't want a job. You want a gig, dude. Come on. Yeah, you just want to work, like, three hours at a time and make twelve ninety five. In a yeah. pandemic. That's what you want. <laughs> you don't want to wear a uniform. You want to, like, make no money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what i don't get i don't get how does how does that messaging work because people fall for it they're like yeah it's like you're exchanging all that stuff for some innocuous concept of freedom yeah you know i think what's interesting is that you know like that does i think i feel like that kind of messaging works more like in like a core country like the united states or like a uk or you know like a country that you know, is one of the, you know, as far as, like, life outcomes, life expectancy, stuff like that, you know, like, and, you know, 
profits, shit like that. Like that works there. It doesn't work so much like in a country like Bolivia where there's like extreme poverty. Like <laughs> Evo Morales like grew up in like a crazy like rural ass town. Like it's crazy. Like um I was watching uh, RT and they have like a whole uh like mini series on Bolivia. Um but one of the first episode they're like just chasing Evo Morales around like cuz he's like he it's crazy he's like running from like campaign stop to campaign stop and just like playing soccer a couple times in between yeah um <laughs> with indigenous with fellow indigenous people um but like when he's playing soccer at any point does the uh, Bolivian equivalent of the actor who played the dad on get out tweet i'm going to come in my pants at this when he scores a goal <laughs> That yeah, <laughs> like, oh fuck! Evo Morales scored three goals in this friendly exhibition. I'm gonna come <laughs> <laughs> in this pickup game of soccer. But like, uh-huh. I think I shared it with like the group text. But I was watching—I forgot who tweeted it. It was like this short documentary where this guy went to uh, somewhere in Africa. Um, and just was, like, with, like, a tribe that's just been hunters and gatherers, like, since the existence of time. And we're just asking them, like, shit about America. Like, would you ever go to America? And one lady's like, no, people get sad and, like, kill themselves over there. And then they're like, but don't you want to use, like, a toilet? And they're just, like, laughing at the idea of a toilet. They're just like, why would you do that? You can, like, shit in this bush. And it's like, oh, yeah, there's, like, parts of the world that think, like, we're stupid. They're, like, shitting on houses for being too tall. They're like, why would you live in something that tall? If it falls down, you die. And it's like, that's true. Yeah. If you haven't experienced that shit, this, it seems weird. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to uh, I'm gonna go into, like, some key things that Evo uh, was successful in during his presidency. And then uh, – uh, Gina did like more research into like the history, his history, and stuff like that. Um, so he um, he combated. Uh, so basically, from all all of what I'm gonna note here, like you're gonna be like, okay, like this guy is like the thorn in the United States side, like from a small Latin American country, just like constantly, like just like being a badass. Uh, so, um, Evo Morales, uh, he, uh, combated, uh, the war on drugs. Uh, so Bolivia is known for their coca production. Um, the indigenous people, uh, have a strong, like cultural connection to the coca leaf. Like they, like, um, there's like, so, um, a while back, I had to read this uh, anthropological book on Bolivian uh, miners, uh, like tin miners, not like, like under children. the age of. Clarify, you're not reading Bolivian child <laughs> pornography. No, but the, the book is called, called "We Eat the Mines and the Mines Eat Us," um, and it's about you know like exploitation of like workers in you know bolivia in the 60s and 70s um but like one of the things that they use you know to to be able to work and stuff like that is like just like chew on uh coca leaves uh because it's a stimulant yeah. it, it 
it's not like you know cocaine and they will like if you see anything bolivian related like when it comes to coca leaves and stuff like that they'll like they'll be like no it's not cocaine it's not the same thing um so anyway like uh he ended the like you know the war on uh coca in uh in bolivia in um in 2008 uh he kicked out the u.s ambassador uh for intervening in bolivian politics um he, he evo claimed that apparently the ambassador told him that he could not engage in trade with venezuela iran and cuba and he was like uh fuck that uh i'm gonna trade with them um <laughs> So that's cool. Um, he in 2010, um, Bolivia was able to revise their constitution. So that's the constitution that uh, gave indigenous peoples more autonomy as actual nations. Um, the referendum uh, passed 61 percent of people in favor. Uh, a another referendum within that referendum was a uh, a move to cap the maximum amount of land that someone could own. Um, they limited to limited it to 5,000 hectares. Um, I don't know what that, I don't know how big that is, um, but 5, it was 000, the lowest. 5,000 hectares is like when you take 5,000 guys named Hector and you line them <laughs> up and you can't own land longer than <laughs> this Mexican guy. And he's like, hey, I'm land. Yeah, Just no, like, clarify, I mean, that's what it, it is. Don't Google it. It's true. You can trust me. Um, So another thing with that referendum, uh, the that constitution made the Bolivian state a secular one. Um, The Bolivian state previously was designated as a Catholic state, which probably explains why uh, Janine Añez walked into their (laughs) assembly. The giant fucking Bible. This like. priest would walk in with like a big ass bible like that you know like not like carrot top your president she's like doing prop comedy (laughs) (laughs) that's her that's her personal bible (laughs) (laughs) she is a giant she lives in like one of those like one of those like a fun house rooms where all the furniture's giant (laughs) 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 she's like i like feeling tiny i like feel like Stuart little (laughs) <laughs> here's my tiny cell phone and my big bible yeah, dude. yeah all of her personal stuff is like her car her cell phone her like glasses her clothes are all super tiny but then all the stuff in her house is giant Stuart little fetish is that what that is I, I get off I'm pretending to be a wee mouse <laughs> by the way I'm the president of Bolivia now God said it look at my big bible Uh, so other things of note that uh that he's done uh i believe it was in 2009 he was giving a speech at a un convention um and it was like a commission on like drugs or something like that And, and he's like uh he basically like busts out a coca leaf and he's like this is a fucking coca leaf this is not cocaine and he just like starts putting it in his mouth and he's like it's fucking great like Indigenous people use this, you know, it's a traditional, like, thing that we've been doing for ages, like, y'all should not, you know, uh, 
I don't know, put sanctions on us and shit or whatever. Um, um, and, and then the only other thing I have to add is that in 2013, uh, he was on his personal plane uh, or Bolivia's personal plane. Right. Um, uh, and they were leaving Russia. And uh, they were forced to land in Austria amid suspicion that Edward Snows- Snowden was on his plane um, because he had spoken <laughs> to the fact that, you know, Edward Snowden was a good guy and a hero and like should be, you know, like venerated for revealing a bunch of shit. Uh, some of which uh, showed that, you know, the U.S. was not happy about uh, Evo Morales being president in Bolivia. So uh, well, I don't they know, know like he had a best Snowden, interest in Snowden. <laughs> they know Snowden was on that plane because Snowden doesn't know how to shut the fuck up. Have you ever heard of that guy in an interview? Jesus Christ. This <laughs> a fucking 45 minute run on sentence about libertarianism. <laughs> what the fuck he's <laughs> I also like the idea of them getting on the plane and then fucking. Edward Snowden just dresses the stewardess and going, there's no Edward Snowden's here. You want some warm peanuts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so all that to say, um, Evo Morales is, I don't know, his existence uh, is actual resistance. Uh, and uh, I think Gina has more on like his rise as far as a notable political figure before we get into that i just want to say like i think it's like funny how like when you said like uh the american ambassador was like you can't trade with these countries and he's like fuck you it's like kind of the thing what kenny was saying about like all the weird like anti-union stuff if you're not ingrained with like this weird like fear of unions or like a fear of america where they're just like you can't do this thing because we don't like it then like the natural human reaction just be like no why i'm doing what i want no yeah. and then america hates that so much that they coo you <laughs> they're just, just like it's weird that they operate down there and obviously they have a vested interest in like all these countries resources and their political structures but it seems like i used to think like oh they must do cia people must do like some research and i I don't think that's true (laughs) i think that they have no idea about like the indigenous populations of bolivia they don't know anything about the culture of bolivia so it's literally like some just random asshole ambassador being like no you can't you can't do that (laughs) and then getting like upset when they're just like i'm gonna do it they're like but we said no (laughs) all right guys ready to move on to the next part of this episode i forgot to say words (laughs) (laughs) um so i before i talk about his rise to power i was gonna kind of underscore so everything that he accomplished everything he did is especially incredible because and the indigenous population in Bolivia didn't gain the right to vote until 1952. Like they were under uh, um, like colonial Spanish rule. Like the indigenous populations only within the last 50 years gained the right to vote. And then he was able to like rewrite their constitution wasn't, and like establish his plurinational national state. Wasn't Chile oh, kind of like that? I think Chile was kind of like that too, where they're just like, yeah. if you're, yeah. Yeah. 
And, and it's, uh, so one thing I'll add is when they when they were able to revise the Constitution, um, he uh, he was uh, speaking in front of like thousands of his supporters, and he was like, "Look, man, um, my opponents have tried to kill me several times because I'm an indigenous man and I'm president." Um, but now he's like, they could literally drag me out of the palace, shoot me. Um, but either way, uh, you know, with this constitutional change, you know, like, like he was in other words saying like, that's enough. Like, like I've done like what I needed to do essentially to make it a more fairer system. How, um, I don't know if they have like debates down there or how that works, but like how fucking insane is that if you're like on like a, a debating somebody who's like, oh, that guy tried to murder me like several times. He's like, <laughs> you're like, what if Bernie was just like, <laughs> just pointing at like Pete Buttigieg and like that man tried to kill me thirteen times. <laughs> but as long as I get Medicare for all, my legacy is cemented. <laughs> just Mayor Pete shining a tiny little, tiny little gun. I imagine he has a tiny little gun. <laughs> Gina, do you know the uh like what percentage of the population is indigenous in Bolivia? I think I'm not uh I think it was like something around like twenty percent, but uh that could be wrong. Uh but I think the key thing is that MAS as a party structure, mm -hmm. um Oh, it is twenty about twenty. Yeah, it's about twenty percent. Um, but there are they are a, an extremely organized twenty percent. Right. Like most of them are MAS affiliates, and part of the MAS platform is to you know recognize you know indigeneity and indigenous, indigenous people as an important uh, you know aspect of their power. Uh, yeah. Well, twenty percent's not chump change that's like almost a quarter of like the population to just be like you're not allowed to vote because of poor like i know yeah. this is your country <laughs> but you can't vote because you're just like farmers and shit it's it's fucking crazy yeah so as far as his rise to power i didn't look too much into his childhood i think amber mentioned you know he was um lived in like a very small rural community. He was, um, his family was for the indigenous Aymara people. He had like seven siblings, but many of them didn't survive. He, so they have compulsory military service. Um, but I kind of focused on when he got into activism. So as soon as he finished up his like military service, he had to do by law, he became um, a cocalero, so a coca grower. And he was super active in a union. Uh, he was in that union for 38 years. That might be like to present day, but um, he gained increased visibility through the water wars and the gas conflict in the early 2000s. So that guy that Amador was mentioning, JJ, um, or no, no, uh, so uh... Bowser, no, <laughs> Banzer. <laughs> J.J. Brea and Bowser, the two dictators of Bolivia. <laughs> Early 2000s Mavericks point guard and the dinosaur from the Mario games. Same <laughs> guy, right? Uh, so, toward the end of that high school, uh, there was the Cochabamba water wars. 
which was basically they were going to privatize their city's municipal water supply and these like violent protests, not like because they wanted to be, but because, um, you know, the state was not in favor of these people trying to take power over their labor. Um, so that lasted in like months long conflict. Um, the gas conflict was similar and it was around the exploitation of Bolivia's natural gas reserves. And so Evo Morales was like a key figure in leading, um, leading union protests, organizing. Um, and I think, so like the main thing as far as like these like extractivist, extractivist like type of economy, like there's like basically two moves that, you know, the state can take. It's like they either nationalize these natural resources or they, you know, privatize them. Um, and, you know, in very extremely poor countries, you know, nationalizing and then, you know, investing in their own infrastructure in, you know, social safety, pro social safety nets, stuff like or that. Putting the like, money back into like their own people instead of like the exact <laughs> stupid grandson yeah. buying a second yacht to build his shitty shirts on. Yeah. And so, yeah, he saw all of this like playing out and he became like, I guess, radicalized um, or he wanted to establish counter movements in response to like the surging capitalism, like neoliberalism and, you know, still basically dealing with colonialism. Uh, so he became political and responsible of that, but he also had some like very, um, like life-shattering moments for him. He described um, in I think 1981, one of his like fellow cocoa growers was accused of cocaine trafficking by soldiers and was beaten, burned to death, like as like a statement to let everyone know, like, oh, you're we're like gonna fight this war on drugs, even though they're you know actively saying it's not a drug. Um, but that was super radicalizing for him because he was just like oh they're gonna like murder us to get what we they want so we're gonna have to like organize back. yeah we're yeah. gonna fight back um he started as uh, the secretary of their union and uh, um i think that was in like mid 80s and people were kind of suggesting like hey if we like as, as a social movement if we want any sort of power we're gonna need to get into the political arena um, and most people were like, fuck that politicians are going to like co-opt anything we try and do. Like, this is like, let's just stay in our lane. But Morales was starting to become more vocal. Like, no, we have to like fight the way that they're fighting if we want to win any sort of power. Um, and so it wasn't until the early nineties, 1993, that a consensus emerged and they're like, okay, let's do this. And it wasn't Moss. Uh, Moss originally first they had the assembly for the sovereignty of peoples but there was like with any baby socialist movements there was you know infighting people trying to you know establish their footing figure things out um, and so there was an incumbent this guy Alejo uh, Feliz and uh, Morales were like the two that were going up against each other it had a conflict where Alejo ended up leaving and he, uh, or I'm sorry, Morales ended up leaving and started his own, uh, the party. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, that's how I read it. It's the uh, instrument for the sovereignty of the people, but it's like, 
P-I-P-S-P. It's instrumento politico por la soberanía de los pueblos. So the political instrument for the country of the people. It's like way catchier than that long ass name. I get it. I get where they went by. But that, so this is a key thing that's underrated. So like, you know, indigenous people for a long time, you know, like, didn't have to interact with, you know, Western models of like organizing or like, you know, you know, being a part of the government because, you know, mostly the government was closed off to them. Like it was not for them. Right. Um, so one example, like one, one kind of like, like parallel example that I can think of is, um, you know, Amazonian tribes, uh, suing Chevron, uh, over damages to the Amazon in an Ecuadorian like uh, uh, court, like like the courts are not you know known for having you know indigenous people go in there and like fight for you know whatever you know whatever they whatever their you know whatever the grievances are. Um, they usually you know like handle that outside of like Western modes of you know power and stuff. So this is so all of this is like extremely important and like uh i don't know it's good to like like contextualize like the fact that it wasn't always like something that they would utilize for power right um just a, a couple more things leading up to basically when he became president um so they were the party and <laughs> then uh morales met with david Añez pedraza who was the leader of the defunct, but it was still registered, um, a registered party, which was the Movement for Socialism, or MAS. And so Morales met with this guy, and he was like, you suck, you're not really doing anything with this. People don't want to say all the time. We live MAS, basically. Um, it, sounds like a, it sounds like a kindergartner telling you a pretend secret. <laughs> <laughs> so what they did was they're like, we're not going to be the kindergarten secret party we're gonna be the live moss the taco bell party we're gonna steal taco bell's slogan for socialism well, i think uh, the acronym is perfect too because like in socialism we all have moss and that's party. literally bolivia's tourism slogan it's bolivia live moss <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like evo morales like having to land a plane in in Austria is like, Everett Stosman's not in here. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so under Moss, Morales first ran for president in 2002. So he didn't actually win until I believe it was 2005. So his first run, um, he came very close, but no one reached the 50% threshold. So um, and they, yeah, have, so they have to do the 50% thing because there's like so many parties, right? 11 parties that ran. Right, yeah. So some like weird like fascist dictator could get like 12% of the vote by like accident because there's like so many parties, right? So that's why you have to have 50%? Yes. Yeah, so you have to have a majority, but you like if you have less than 50%, you have to beat your opponent by 10% at least so that in the first round you are indeed the president. If no one reaches that, 
then you know you have to go into a second round and you know things can get messy. So I'm sorry, I'm just laughing at Kenny super loudly pouring a beer <laughs> while you're like describing that. You, I forgot my mic was on, so it probably just sounds like you're <laughs> 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 gonna read the room, dude. You're just cool. Uh, so the 2002 election, he actually did better than he might have originally done. He got an awesome boost when the U.S. ambassador to Bolivia. Uh, named Manuel Rocha, he issued a statement declaring that um, aid from the United States, like, they would stop giving aid to Bolivia if Moss won the election. And people were like, oh, that's amazing. So it actually gave Morales a bump of they're like, wait, the U.S. is going to stop intervening? Like, they'll leave us alone if Moss wins. Um, so he apparently got a huge boost in, like, exit polls explicitly because of that. Hi, um, it's me, the them. most annoying person in the world. If this person wins this election, I will leave you alone forever, and that's a threat. <laughs> what the fuck? He won by a hundred. He got a hundred percent of the vote. <laughs> that's my favorite thing when like Mike Pompeo goes on TV now and is like, Maduro doesn't want aid coming into Venezuela. Can you believe it? It's like you guys just like pretended that this dude won the presidency. <laughs> like he's president now, and. Also, you're like, I like that the U.S. just like completely ignores their own history in that region, and it's just like, can you believe they don't trust us? <laughs> They're always fucking done down there. Ugh. Yeah, it's fucking gross. But I mean, hilarious move. Be like, oh, let me intervene in the election this way, and then it like backfires. <laughs> <laughs> We're not gonna fucking do any weird, dirty, murderous tricks in your country if you don't let us have our way. We're not gonna re we're not gonna replace your homes with T-Mobile stores if you fucking vote for this guy. <laughs> and make you work in that T-Mobile store that is your house. <laughs> you got anything else? Um, looking into so he's also like you mentioned fighting the war on drugs. Apparently, the United States was offering people $2,500 for each acre of coca that they eradicated, and Whoa. him and many others were just like, uh, nope, fuck you, like, keep your dirty money, we're gonna keep, like, doing this thing that, one, we make money from, but is also an important part of our culture, so... Yeah, and they've actually, like, apparently, they've, they've like, they've uh, reduced the amount of coca that they produce, but they did it like through consensus, like with their union, like deciding on how to do it themselves. So, you know, taking autonomy into their own hands, like they're still producing coca, but not, you know, to the levels that, you know, was, I guess was concerning to the, you know, national community. Um, That's what I was going to say. So can't you get, like, I imagine, like, the profit they make from, like, the product is more than, what was it, 2,500? Mm hmm. Yeah, so they're just like, we'll pay you less money. I guess technically the angle is probably like, look, you'll do less work because technically burning it is easier <laughs> than harvesting it. Well, and the other thing too is that like, I have to imagine that, you know, um, the people that are like being paid to burn uh, coca uh, aren't indigenous people probably. Um, That's a... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, go ahead. I was going to say... Uh... That's surprising because, like, like I know 
like of Americans were offered that deal, like we'd do it for a lot less. Like, could you imagine if Trump was like, "Hey, uh, burn down polling places, and I'll give you two hundred bucks." Like, you imagine how many polling places would be on fire like tomorrow? Like, how many fucking nonsense? They would just no. They'd be like, "Keep your money. I just want to do some burning." They just fucking burn down a library because they're like, "I hate that this has books in it." Yeah. Um. So I guess, um, moving on, um, I want to talk about the actual coup and like all the way it, it kind of unfolded, um, yeah, because cause so far, so far, America seems to have like really, uh, Paul blotted this coup where they're like, yes, <laughs> they're just like, we'll leave you alone <laughs> if you vote for who we want, and they're like, fine, go away, and they're like, burn your if you burn your like source of income we'll give you less money and they're like no and they're like fuck we tried everything <laughs> we tried yeah, our two I mean, things yeah it's pretty interesting I mean like um, Evo so he was in power for it says here 13 years and 9 months um, he was elected uh Technically four times, but the fourth is the one that uh, resulted in a coup. Um, and, and so that was in 2019. Um, and uh, it, there was a general election the 20th of October. Uh, um, and it showed that Evo had won, though not at the typical margins that he had won previously. So he had lost some popularity, uh, but... But that's going to happen when you've been a leader for fucking 13 years, right? Where you're going to piss some people off. Yeah, Just and like he certainly did, like, did piss off. He did piss off some. <laughs> what the hell was that? What? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that was. Is that, is that you on your computer again? I have no idea. <laughs> It wasn't on my head. Yeah, keep going. I'll be right back. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> I gotta mute my mic real quick. I'll be right back. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. He's just playing. Can't... He's doing this in like he's doing this in like the closet of like a Broadway performance of Cats. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, they caught me, I gotta go. Um, yeah, so, I mean, um, yeah. wow. Uh, I, here's, like, a thought I had when we were, uh, talking about just, that, like, America's, like, intervention into, kind of, like, their elections and stuff. I was, th just for, like, the natural resources, I was thinking, like, imagine how like shitty that must feel is like knowing that like you live in a place where America's constantly just like coming in for your resources. And then I thought like, Oh, they do that to us. Yeah. Like that's why they go to like Bolivia and Chile and fucking these other countries. Cause they're like, well, we ruined everything here. Time to ruin yours too. Yeah. I mean like Worker power, like, is at an all-time low. I mean, like, the unionization, like, rates are... I mean, they, there may be, like, a boost now that there is, like, a considerable left, like, 
that is going to try and organize in some respects that way. But yeah, I mean, like, uh, you're right. I mean, we see that, like, I mean, look at Jeff Bezos and all those profits. Like, he didn't do anything to earn any of that. Like, literally all his workers are keeping him afloat. Like, they they are the ones that produce that profit. We'll probably get into him a little bit. But, like, where was it, like, uh, was it, like, it was in Galveston. It was someone where they had like the SpaceX in Texas? Uh, that's in I think Brownsville. Yeah, and the people that were like in that community were like, "Yeah, we were just get like rushed out of our house, like at like three a.m. because like they're testing like to shoot a rocket off." And they're like, <laughs> and it's like you're just like destroying communities for fucking what? So Elon Musk can have his weird like Philip K. Dick. Mars space nightmare. Pretty much. <laughs> did, did you see that article uh, where he was like, "Oh, I think you sent it to me." Where it was like, "On Mars, we will have no Earth loss." It's like you're a baby. You're a giant South African baby. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking stupid. We will um, watch bootlegs of the Smurf t- Smurfs too on Mars. <laughs> All right, you're back from uh, directing your yeah, primary show that. or whatever the fuck happened. Hillary was watching Max Keebler's Big Move. <laughs> <on, laughs> what is that? That's a 2001 movie. <laughs> Check it out. Shout out to Max Keebler's Big Move. Frankie, uh, Frankie Muniz before he lost his memory. Oh, shit. Wait, is it Max Wait, what the fuck happened to Frankie Muniz? He can't remember shit. Isn't Max Ebler the guy who hosts First Take? That's Max Kellerman. (laughs) (laughs) I can't keep track of these people. Frank Muniz, Max Kellerman, Max Keeper-Elf. I don't don't know. Anyway, let's get back to the episode. (laughs) That's the official movie of this podcast. Max Keeper's big move. It's our oldest sponsor. (laughs) 21-year-old movie. (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so uh back to the coup of 2019 um so uh the 20th of october was the general election uh evo uh was looking to be uh the presumptive uh winner um the very next day uh carlos mesa that uh, neoliberal uh, politician that i mentioned earlier um he requested his militant supporters to reject national results under the pretense that it was a fraudulent election. Well, why would Carlos Meza say that it was a fraudulent election? I don't know. Probably because the organized States of America, the OAS, was saying that it was a fraudulent election. Um, and, you know, uh, I think plenty of podcasts have covered, like, what uh, actually went down. And it seems like, you know, like, a lot of the rural areas, like, they didn't have those results presented at, at the time. And so the OAS assumed that there was, like, weird, you know, meddling from the Moss Party. Um, anyway, uh, Carlos Mesa, uh, Mesa asked his supporters to, you know, reject the results. That night, they started to burn down electoral offices, um, and simultaneously, the police uh, all of a sudden said, we're not going to guarantee protection of these electoral offices, so that seems like a problem. Um, 
Then you know what, uh, you know a week later, uh, this uh, organization called uh, El Comité Cívico, um, which is a far-right paramilitary uh, group uh, that had a candidate run for president uh, by the name of Fernando Camacho, uh, called on Evo to step down, which probably wasn't that surprising considering uh, uh, Fernando Camacho is a... Uh, uh, He's like a basically a white dude from Santa Cruz. Yeah, he's yeah, like his nephew or something. <laughs> Probably, is, yeah. I, don't his he, parents have like actual connections to Nazis? Um, I'm well, not even joking. Can... They had connections to the Panzer regime, uh, so the military dictator in the seventies. Yeah, um, and that, and that, and that's what I mean when you know, like a lot of the people in Santa Cruz that are like weird fashy people it's because they like have they do have a history of like power and shit and I think in... that's what I'm thinking I think the Panzer I think the Panzer regime regime had like direct connections to like Nazism where like the leader would like murder people for saying mean things about like Adolf Hitler or some shit it's possible I mean they that dude murdered uh JJ like a, a whole 10 years later, like after he had already been cooped. So, um, and he wasn't even in Bolivia. He was in, he was in fucking Argentina and they murdered him. So he was like um, in exile and they were like, found yeah, you, he was in exile. yeah, he was in nice. exile and like the U S uh, and Banzer were like, Hey, we're going to fucking kill you. Cause you're a purported leftist. Um, What's so, cool is how none of this is happening now. Where uh, the validity of elections <laughs> in present day America is not being called into question. The police aren't working with, you know, far right, far right groups. Uh, they're not threatening to murder leftists. It's cool how well, we're better than that in America. The country <laughs> of Taco Bell. Live Moss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so after uh, that Fernando Camacho guy called Evo to step down, like a lot of his like far right paramilitary like people uh, started rioting and shit. Um, uh, Evo and the Moss uh, party resisted until like pretty much a whole month of like uh, strikes and stuff. Uh, but November 8th, the police uh, joined in on the rioting against Moss. Uh, so they weren't protecting electoral offices and now they're just like straight up like we're gonna join the riots and this is like when like on twitter i remember seeing um like a lot of uh those police and military like they have badges of like the two state uh the two bolivian uh flags one of them is an indigenous flag it's called the Witbala. um a lot of them were tearing those badges off and like throwing them in trash cans and like lighting them on fire and shit so is Clearly, that, is that the flag that was on the back of that jacket that he wore? That cool ass jacket. Oh, Luis, the Luis Arce. I, I don't remember. It probably is um, because it. So the person that's on the back of that jacket uh, led a an indigenous uh, like revolt against uh, I think the Spanish Empire like a long time ago. So like, there's a lot of like deep rooted, you know, like revolutionary history there. Right. Uh, but it, a lot of it is like, a lot of it is like tied to like indigenous people, and because of that, you know, like often goes overlooked. Um, so 
November 8th, like, uh, they're kind of like, oh, shit, we're going to have to get out of here probably. Um, November 9th, uh, Evan Morales flies from La Paz to Cochabamba. And as he gets to the airport, uh, his security detail shows him messages that they've received indicating that they would be paid $50,000 to turn Evo over. Uh, um, Wait, his then own November security 10th, people got, like, his own security got, like, messages that were like, look, if you do this, yeah. then we'll fuck. Yeah, so his own security again, detail wait, like, hey, Can I just say, again, that's, that's, that's uh, fucking people Paul Blarding this coup. And just texting people, hey, we'll give you money though if you. It's ridiculous. It's insane. Aren't there any well, back channels these people like, can work that's through like the to weird, do their plots? That's like a weird thing about like American fascism, in particularly, is that they don't understand technology. And I'm sure we'll cover this on like a Steve Bannon episode if we do it on him. But when they were doing the build the wall scab, they were just like fucking texting each other how they're like running like a fucking scab. <laughs> they were just like, like a group text, and they were like, isn't it cool how we're stealing from people? And they were like encrypting it, and they're like, fascists don't know how to work tech. They don't know how to work like tech, which is good. Yeah. The older ones. I'm sure there's like, you know, I'm sure Tim Pool knows how to work a computer, and that guy's a Nazi. <laughs> um. Yeah, so, so November 9th, his own security detail shows him that they're like, you know, they're trying to be paid. They're like, people are trying to pay them off to, you know, turn them in. Um, the next day, uh, Evo flies from La Paz to the Chimote airport. Um, and there, um, a, a lot of weird shit starts happening. So, um, and this was like directly from Evo's mouth when he was being interviewed from Glenn Greenwald. But basically, the presidential plane usually arrives at a civil or commercial terminal. Uh, but instead, it arrived at a military terminal. And so, like, him and, like, his security detail were like, that's not good, uh, considering the political moment we're in right now. Um, and a bunch of organizers, a bunch of indigenous organizers showed up, and they gathered around the plane in order to prevent him from being captured. Um, so, like, a lot of, like, effort had to go into Evo not being just straight up fucking murdered. And I think this is going overlooked yeah. Uh, so I think it's important to go through this whole just this whole thing. To play devil's advocate, maybe the military was just trying to check if Edward Snowden was on the plane. <laughs> right. <laughs> maybe they were like, look, fool us once, shame on us, fool us twice. We're the CIA, and you, we get fooled a lot. <laughs> we're, we're not good. We're kind of, kind of dumbasses. And so all these organizers are gathering around the plane. And according to Evo, like apparently there was like some well-armed military personnel in, in, in that military terminal that day. So like they were like ready to fucking take him out. Um, that same day, the OAS uh, joins the attempted coup and says, hey, Evo, resign. Like you should resign. Um, and then the military finally says, hey, you need to get out of here. Um, so he's lost support from uh, the police, the military, the OAS has joined in on the fun. And at the same time, there's right-wing paramilitaries in the streets and they're like burning shit down. Um, so um, I believe, so um, yeah, so November 11th comes along the next day. 
Um, and Emma was like, all right, I got to get out, get the fuck out of here. Um, and a Mexican plane is supposed to arrive to pick him up because AMLO, uh, the president of Mexico, uh, granted him political asylum. Um, the plane is delayed twice. So it was supposed to arrive in the morning, didn't show up. It was supposed to arrive in the evening. It was turned back to like Lima, Peru or some shit. And then like the third time it finally arrived. Um, and uh, as it's arriving, a bunch of activists start showing up again um, to prevent uh, Evo Morales from being detained and so that he can escape safely. Um, because apparently there was a lot of like police and military people in the crowds, like in plain clothes, so that they wouldn't be able to be easily identified. Um, and they finally take off at 9.30 at night. Um, and as they're taking off, um, the Bolivian Air Force lets them know that they are no longer cleared to take off. Um, Is there in the air? So they end up, they're they're like on, they're like on the runway, like about to take off. And they're like, the Air Force is like, nah, you can't go. Um, and so in this like moment, like Evo knows that all of the people that were rallying around him, like to make it maintain his safety, um, we're leaving because they were like, oh, the plane's on the fucking, like, the tarmac, runway. Yeah. Um, so he has to call them to come back because many of them had dispersed. Um, and so they show up again. And then Evo Morales' vice president apparently tells the Air Force commander that if they don't reauthorize them to take them down, take uh, to let them take off, that essentially all of those indigenous uh, people were going to burn down the city. Um, oh, so yeah. it's pretty badass. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty. I, I don't know, like you know, fucking Reza Aslan was saying that he was gonna burn his city down when if if Amy Coney Barrett like became the Supreme Court justice. Uh, lo and behold, I, I don't think uh, any no. burning down of cities happened. No, they like her now. They're like, yeah. she's a good person. I like how she has kids and breathes. Yeah, real boss. Um, yeah, so Evo eventually escapes to Mexico, um, and he's there for a while, and then he ends up in Argentina, and I believe he's there right now. Um, Evo's uh, sister's house was burnt to the ground. Um, a lot of MAS supporters had to flee to, like, different embassies in Bolivia to, like, escape being, you know, uh, killed. Um and uh, then this is when Janine Añez uh, takes over. They also killed his dog. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, I didn't hear about that. Yeah. I was listening to some podcast where they were talking about it, and they harped on that a lot. And they were like, yeah, they burned his house, and they killed his dog, and they just kept, like, going back to how they like, killed his dog. I'm like, I get it. You don't have to say it, but yeah. Yeah. So, um, Janine Garofalo is the, <laughs> the president yeah. of He's also a girl boss, Janine. Janine Garofalo walks in with a big-ass Bible and is like, hey, um... I don't believe not- in this book. I'm a fa- I'm famous atheist. Janine Garofalo. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Janine Añez is the second female president of Bolivia uh, since Lidia Guler Tejada who also served as an interim president. So Bolivia has this weird thing where interim presidents are women. That's pretty, that's pretty girl boss. Hashtag yes, queen. I'm all for it. I'm living for this lady. It yeah. can't go wrong. It can't go wrong. Yeah. Okay. Right. 
when our presidents die, we've never had a. When JFK died, they didn't make a lady the president. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm just thinking about like how people are like, we should have a, a, like, there was a meme going around like when COVID was starting, and like there was all these countries that were doing better with COVID, and they're like, what's the what's the common denominator? All their leaders are women. Well, um, they didn't include Janine Agnes in that because uh, COVID was rampant uh, while she was uh, elected, or not even elected, interim president. Um, it's also funny, I'm sorry, this is like another tangent when people go like, the world would be better if a woman was in charge. But it's like, Margaret Thatcher was a woman, and she <laughs> sucked shit, so. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there are limits to identity politics. So uh, how does she become... I don't believe that. No. <laughs> no, because Lady Perfect is the best. How does she right. become... Inter- when Obama was president. How does she become interim president? Did she literally just walk in and be like, here's my Bible of the president? Yeah, that's how it's... Whoever has the biggest <laughs> Bible, Bible the gets president. <laughs> Yeah, it was a big Bible contest. And she got one first some, like, party city or some shit. <laughs> No, um, so, like, um, the Senate, um, she was, like, fifth in line uh, to become president. Like, you know, like how, like, everyone's always, like, yeah. oh, Nancy's, like, third in line or whatever. Yeah, all the um, Alex Joneses are, like, if, the, if Trump dies and Pence dies and then blah, blah, blah dies, then Nancy Pelosi will be president and she'll kill herself and then she'll make Hillary president. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine Nancy Pelosi like committing seppuku on like the fucking Capitol Hill. Like it's yours now, Hillary. (laughs) (laughs) That would rule. I'd like that. Yeah, that'd be cool shit. Yeah. Um. As soon as she took office, so okay, so there was a vote in the Senate. All of the Moss elected officials uh, did what you know Democrats said that they would do at the Amy Coney Barrett uh, hearing. They all did not show up because they were like, this is a fraudulent fucking like power grab and we're not going to participate in it. So like very little of, you know, the Senate was was present for the vote um, because Moss is the majority party. Um, And so this woman who represents 4% of the electorate. Uh, is now the interim president. Oh, so she was fifth in line because the other four people were, I'm guessing, Evo people, and they were like, we're doing a kill, we don't want these people. So Bible (laughs) lady, you're in charge. They had to flee the country. Like, So everyone in line was like, well, Well, all these people are gone. Yeah. Um, So as soon as she took office, the governments of Canada, Brazil... Uh, Russia and the U.S. Uh, recognized her as acting president. Um, so that is uh, great when that happens. Uh, that's always uh, a, a, that's not a tell. Um, she deserves everything. Um, Russia, Russia, Canada, and the U.S. Russia, Canada, Brazil. Uh, oh, the European Union and the U.S. Um, yeah. Um, she. Uh, this, I'm sorry, this is just a question I have. Uh, I don't know if you have the answer to it. So one of the things that I saw like a lot of like Americans and even like liberal Americans like saying that made Morales like quote unquote like a bad guy was that he was trying to get rid of term limits. Yeah, so the discrepancy there is that the 
new Bolivian constitution did put term limits on. Um, and I think the term limits was like two terms. However, some of the terms that he served were before the election. So, and he went to court and um, it was ruled that his previous uh, terms did not count against him due to the new, you know, the new constitution. There were, he had critics uh, for his fourth run. And and that's what I mean, like, they, they took a hit as far as, like, his winning margin. Um, he's still very popular, but, I mean, he suffered for, you know, some of that, some of those actions. Uh, Lula, Lula da Silva, sorry, Lula da Silva even went out to say that he didn't agree. Like, he, he thought Morales shouldn't have run for a fourth term. That was a big part of it, but it was also that he was um, proceeding with plans to, like, build a highway or, like, a roadway through the Amazon. And so a lot of, like, indigenous people or people who lived in the Amazon were, like, rightfully um, yeah. upset by that. Yeah. Uh, so there's, like, there were, like, so, I mean, and here's the thing. Like, there are so many different, like, indigenous, like, uh, nations in Bolivia. Uh, so there's, like... I think it's like the eastern region of Bolivia where he did uh, build a um, a highway that led to um, some uh, cocalero like land. Uh, so he built that like to help his you know union people and, and stuff. And that's another thing I was like reading where they were saying the reason he was like I, I guess opposed to the term limits is because like the um, like the native like the native people kind of like tend to just vote for their own you know what i mean so and it's like they're not gonna vote for some like weird politician from the city they want like their own representation and yeah. so to have him out of this would kind of leave them without representation for this election which to me makes sense yeah but yeah, but obviously America was kind of like, say he's trying to like undercut democracy, or even like the libs it's, were like that, where that was like a thing they're focusing on. It seems it seems like a similar kind of situation, not obviously like not what happened, but was like Brazil, where there's like this gut punch reaction to, um, like charges of corruption. And there's certain like members of the populace or libs that like buy into it and propagate that theory without realizing that right-wing like fascist groups are going to use that as an opportunity to take over like with brazil there was corruption charges within um lula's predecessor's administration and you know lava jato and all that shit happened and then they got bolsonaro and it's like kind of the same thing where it seems like they were opposed to evil morales is running for another term but then there's like oh instead of that the unintended consequences of them signing up for that is like crazy Bible lady who's like, I'm going to give your kids COVID. Trust me. <laughs> I, that's a, that's a guarantee from Mint's warehouse. You're going to get Rona. <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm going off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, and, and like the other key thing is that, uh, so like that, like highway in like in indigenous land that he built, Janine Añez used that uh, like as a criticism, leveraged that against Evo. But like, if you looked at her cabinet, like fourteen out of the sixteen people were not indigenous. So like, 
she's using them as like like a way to like divide you know the indigenous like and, unity that exists and then she was like vicious against indigenous people wasn't she like so it's like such a bad faith argument on her part yeah so so like in the midst of like like when she took power uh which i think I believe was november 10th um morales was already trying to flee to mexico there's a power vacuum. She becomes interim president, um, and uh, she begins a brutal clampdown against uh, all the anti-coup protesters, so indigenous and like working class people. Um, nine people were shot dead by state forces during a peaceful blockade at the Sencata gas plant uh, on November 19th. Um, Eight coca growers were massacred by state security forces um, as they protested the new government in Sacaba. So they're, these are called the massacres of Sencata and Sacaba. Um, and according to uh, an anthropologist who was doing research there at the time, uh, the Bolivian military killed more protesters and bystanders in that period than in the previous decade. Uh, so, yeah, oh, brutal fucking... Uh, regime change and clamp down of the people. Why um, would a lady with a Bible commit so much <laughs> murder? <laughs> well, but the Bible was funny, good. <laughs> you should ask. There are tweets that she has tweeted in the past that are extremely fucking racist against indigenous people. What? Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> Not the yeah. Bible coup lady. <laughs> the insane. Also, didn't. I'm sorry, this is like another, it's related to it, but wasn't like her thing with her giant Bible, like her being like, God, this is God's will? Wasn't she like screaming like weird, like Jim Baker shit? <laughs> like just, buy my bucket! <laughs> yeah, so, um, she, there was a tweet that she's since deleted uh, back in 2013. She tweeted um, that she dreams of a Bolivia free of the satanic indigenous rituals um like be careful uh wait sorry i'm trying to translate uh from spanish let me read it in spanish and then i'll be able to sueño con una bolivia libre de ritos satanico indígenas la ciudad no es oh the city the city is not for indians oh, cool. uh, they should go to the high plains or el chaco so like some indigenous Are area I remember that. That's a weird thing that you're just like, oh, deleting this will, will fix it. That's like, no. <laughs> yeah. So clearly, you know, she represents 4% of, you know, the will of the people. It's also um, like super funny to be like, I fuck at these goddamn indigenous people. They like don't belong in this place they're indigenous to. Go to the mountains or fucking fields. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like. <laughs> It's such like a weird. And she was like, what, fifth in line for the? Fifth in line. So, I mean, that's just fucking stupid. Like, that'd be like if a, a high school was like, the principal quit, and then they were like, they got some janitor to be like, you run the school now. And he's like, fucking deport all fifth graders. Like, <laughs> I don't know what this is. <laughs> just the janitor with his giant Bible, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> Every day is meatloaf day. Like, oh, shit. 
to need on yet is every day is meatloaf days. Um, yeah, I mean, so um, other cool thing about her, um, a lot of people were saying that she would not uh, actually run for president in this 2020 election. Um, but she uh, entered her name in the race and was wildly unpopular, so she dropped out. Um, oh, cool. Kind of like a, a certain uh, vice presidential. A vice president, right? Like a named Kamala Harris. It was wildly unpopular. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so basically, like... I mean, obviously, this lady's worse and more racist than Kamala Harris. <laughs> yeah, I we mean, don't know. To be fair, we don't know how big Kamala's Bible is. This is true. We're gonna have to wait till the swear wait until again. she walks into the Senate with her giant Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Every day is meatloaf day. Like, I can't. No, no. I'm the top cop. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Joe Biden has Edward Snowden on his plate, and then Joe Biden flees to Argentina. It's like, oh shit! <laughs> oh no, we're we're Bolivia now. <laughs> um, so she, yeah, she dropped out from the race. Uh, um, and she did it because she wanted for you know the right to consolidate behind someone. And there was like other candidates who were more popular, like Carlos Mesa, who's like part of the neoliberal party. Um, and I think, uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, while she uh, was interim president, she took out a bunch of fucking IMF loans, which is like clearly something that you know Moss would not have done if they were you know in power. Okay. Uh, so she may have like fucked Bolivia in in more than one way. Um, uh, so she did that. Um, she eventually drops out. Um, Luis Arce runs. Um, and uh, I think we know what happens from here. Like he like garnered a shitload of the majority. Um, so he'll be, uh, I think, oh shit. It's my cat. Sorry. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, Luis Arce won. Uh, I believe in like in a like maybe like I think it's like sixty one percent. Sixty one percent. So it was overwhelming. Um, so he didn't even have to go to a second round. Um, and uh, Evan Morales is going back to Bolivia at some point. Uh, and right now, I believe uh, Fernando Camacho is like weird right-wing people are uh, performing a hunger strike in, in the streets. No. Uh, no. Because... I, I'm sorry. I, I, can, I'm sorry. Could I interrupt for just a second? Yeah, you're just yeah. screaming, bud. <laughs> you fucking calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so, I, like, I don't, like, why is this queue so poorly planned that they like do they not have any like mechanisms in place? Do they not expect like oh if we actually hold an honest election after we like this lady like seizes power that we're like because you said it didn't like 
Uh, I don't know. Sorry. No, no, no. Uh, so, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, like, I think a lot of it um, can be really attributed to the organizing power of Moss. I mean, they, like, uh, a, a real, you know, like, socialist movement is going to have, you know, the capacity to, you know, be able to uh, counter, you know, protest, uh, you know, these fascists. And they've been doing it, I mean, uh, you know, as Gina mentioned, Evo, I mean, he's been an organizer for 38 fucking years. So, you know, when you're an organizer for that long, like, like he's not the only one, you know, like there's plenty of, they, they have like the youth movement in Moss. So, so like kind of like think of like you know college democrats or something but like yeah. you know national youth movement uh well, <laughs> oh go ahead oh i was just saying well and like these people since uh janine took power like these people have been fighting and protesting and like it wasn't just like okay we're gonna have a free and fair election like they've been demanding this since she took power and she she delayed the election twice so yeah there were other things that, wasn't that her, she did. Wasn't her name not on the ballot this election? No, it, it was on the ballot. So she she dropped out too late. So her name was on the ballot. So so some people may have like wasted their vote and voted for her instead of Kamala Mesa or one of the other right wing uh, idiots. So it's she did good, that was like job. a big thing. Where everyone was like fucking pissed at her for dropping out so late or. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Fucking Mr. Bean ass cooted. No, I just was wondering, I guess, because it's like, I don't know, they went through all the trouble to almost like murder Evo Morales, drive him out of the country. And, but like you said earlier, 20% of Bolivia's population is indigenous. They had to understand that there was obviously better organization on the left to like, so it just strikes me as like, upsetting in a way that like obviously the right wing is like these people are so incompetent at enacting their like plans the fact that there's not like an actual left wing sort of resistance or movement in our country <laughs> is infuriating because like they had they had time to like put shit in place to be as probably as brutal as they wanted to be and they still failed yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, not without, you know, like, casualties, like, um, the indigenous, like, movement is known for, like, having, like, blockades, you know, to, you know, different, like, areas. So, like, one of the uh, massacres was a blockade uh, from, like, a natural gas plant or something like that. So they know, like, where to cut off, you know, routes and stuff that are important to the country as far as, like, economic you know shit uh so they you know they they're organized they they've been doing blockade similar blockades like, like for a long time um and um it just i don't know like i i think i think um the american left can learn a lot uh from uh bolivia uh because clearly you know there there's a gap in you know one you know union organizations like we definitely need more unions, um, and you know, if if you're looking at Bolivia, like the things that they have, I mean, they they were centering the most marginalized people, and you know, creating a popular movement. Like you need a you need a revolutionary, you know, 
like working class and they've been able to develop that. Cause you know, the other thing too, is that, you know, like 20% of the population is indigenous, but like how many of them are like classified as mestizo? Like some of those people are part indigenous as well. And, and some of those people are working class and they know that they're not going to be, you know, like Fernando Camacho with like shit tons of land that he can, you know, make a killing off of like their, their work comes from their fucking labor. Like, so there it's, I don't know. It's it's a masterclass in like how to fucking like actually build power. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a yeah. I think the American left could learn a lot from that without all the stupid fucking infighting and organizing around a simple basic material message. Of like, hey, we need to improve the material conditions of everybody's I, lives. I think the thing with the left, too, and I, because I've talked to people, um, like people I've dated about like communism and stuff, just trying to be like, look, it's not like this weird fucking, <laughs> like this weird ass thing, and just trying to explain to them like in normal ways. And then they're like, well, I see the people like on the internet. And it's like, and I think that's a problem with a lot of the American left is we don't give people like a chance to like learn. It just seems like, especially on Twitter, like if someone makes the wrong move, it says the wrong thing, then you just get like attacked and they're like, fuck it, I'm like a Biden boy now. <laughs> I'm not fucking taking the time to, like, it's like some like dork on the internet, like screaming at, you know, some guy who's like, hey, I like Bernie Sanders. And they're like, fuck you, you poser. You haven't read all three volumes of fucking Marx. It's like, okay well i'm not doing that so like you can be left and not like there's not like a lot of solidarity really yeah that's why I everyone mean, should yeah. listen to our podcast to give us yeah. money on patreon when we start one which like i don't know that might be down to a particularly maybe that's more like a cultural thing just bolivia culturally uh maybe has that more as where like the United States preaches this rampant like parasitic fucking individualism and it's harder to get that sort of to build that solidarity when there's like a thousand hurdles in propaganda like as much propaganda as we do in other countries like we are probably the most propagandized population on earth oh yeah and I mean the other thing to, to consider as well is that Indigenous, yeah, not all indigenous cultures, I, but, uh, you know, some of the indigenous cultures and in specifically, like, the Amazon that I've read about, like, they, they don't, their vision of the world is radically different than, you know, what, you know, a regular citizen in America, you know, sees yeah. the world as. Like, they know that the world is finite. They live in a region that's polluted. They live in a region that's, like, been exploited, like, they know that there's consequences for capitalism. Like that and that's like the weird thing where I feel like a lot of like especially I think the like Democrats are guilty of this too, but not as much as Republicans where they pay it like indigenous people or you know, like rural not like rural people that like I live in a trailer in Oklahoma, like Appalachian, like Mountain. They paint them as like these people that they don't understand the world. It's like no, they do. Yeah. They they do like in the same way that like 
fuck this. I don't know if this is even a good metaphor, but like when they make like in like a like in like a movie about like uh, pilgrims or something. Like the natives understand. They're like, oh no, this is fucked up. What's happened? You know what I mean? Where it's like you're seeing they they see firsthand. I think I lost track of that metaphor, <laughs> but uh, they see like firsthand like the dangers like what capitalism can do how it like erodes shit so they understand that like way more than i think like most people i think you're right and it's i mean i don't know i, I don't really know anything outside the law about the law outside of family law everything outside of family law is family. <laughs> what's happening i don't know it's all of your end every <laughs> Is that, is that Max Kellerman's big movie or whatever the fuck? <laughs> um, let me turn it down. Uh, that worked. worked. Uh, so I guess the last thing uh, that I'll uh, mention about Ibo uh, um, is that I uh, went, he's on Twitter. Um, you can follow him on Twitter uh, at Ebo es Pueblo. Um, and he uh, recently put out a, a statement in solidarity with uh, Jeremy Corbyn. So that's another thing that uh, the left uh, needs to do more of is be supportive of, you know, other leftist leaders in, across the globe. Um, and of course, you know, Evo came up with like the pink tide in South America, which is like, you know, a move toward like left, more left uh, politics. So when he when Evo became president, Lula was president, uh, Rafael Correa in Ecuador, um, and then someone in Argentina. Manu, uh, so, Manu yeah. was the communist leader of Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> if only. So, yeah. There's a lot of crazy shit going on in Bolivia. Yeah. Well, I mean, this was a good topic to cover considering we have an election in fuck 20 less than 24 hours of this episode coming up so by the time you hear it it might be like in like some weird i am legend bunker where you're just listening to it with your iphone at one percent that's not good because i think south american countries have been particularly uh brought up during this election process, especially to defame uh, the most left-leaning politician in the race. And they're like, Bernie is, is, is Venezuela, whatever the fuck that means. So, <laughs> Yeah, remember when, okay, what was it that they tried to trash? They tried to trash Bernie on a lot of things. They tried to trash him. We talked about it a little bit on the bonus episode when he was like talking about like the reading program in uh, Cuba. And they're like, oh, so you think communism is cool? And then they also tried to, oh, fuck, what was it? Was it Nicaragua? Was it the? Oh, the Sandinistas. Yeah, the Sandinistas or, were, and they were like, he thinks these are good. And it's like, well, I, mean, he, the, I think he was, he was in the, that country. And then like, I, he, he like, they were like trying to grill him. They're like, were you there when he was, when they were saying death to America? And it's like, well, I mean, like they were saying all that because America was intervening in their fucking country. Like, yeah. And they also did bring up what uh, the the opposition to the Sandinistas was what the the Contras like <laughs> not like no no the Contras are good because 
That's what the new Call of Duty is about, I think. <laughs> I think you play as Contras in the new Call of Duty game by Activision Interactive. It's called that's a sponsor uh, for the pod, by the way. Contra. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a sponsor of the podcast is Call of Duty's Ronald Reagan. Coming soon to Xbox Five or whatever it's fucking. 360. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming to the old. <laughs> No, but that is like a super funny thing that like America does, but they're like, hey, were you there when this country we cooed said death to America? And it's like, eh, maybe you should have fucking cooed him. I don't fucking know. Yeah. It's everywhere hates America now. Like every yeah. single country hates us now. We're the shittiest country on earth. <laughs> we are. Yeah. You know, we've got more deaths than like viruses. Like it's not just that we have the most numbers. Like it's per capita too. Like in viruses, like it, like infection. Like we're literally the fucking worst. You know what sucks too is if Biden wins, like sure shit's gonna be less like fascisty, but Joe Biden's like a CIA, a sim for the CIA, so that shit's just gonna get like there's gonna be so much more coups because that guy like loves the CIA. <laughs> And he's not like a weird like Trump guy who's just like I don't even know Trump's motivation for being against the CIA. He's just like against intelligence and And he's not really against it either. He's just Right, I mean, but he, like yeah. he's like but Biden will just be like the CIA is doing good stuff and they are good. And then there would just yeah. be like a shitload of coups that like only you know lefties and people that read like left newspapers about Latin America know about. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, for sure. That's my concern with with Biden is that as a much of like of an immediate thing it is as a necessity to get like Trump out of office without Biden like offering like an actual platform like an actual lefty platform like a job program or something on scale or scope is like the new deal or or something like that like you're just leaving that that lane like wide open for well, like some weird fascist guy to take over the populist positions didn't it like the like obama administration they had like a lot of they play like a lot of hands in like latin american kind of like coups and shit right yeah yeah. Well, oh, they played a fucking terrible role. That's why in 2016, that was one of the reasons I couldn't. I ended up voting third party, which is probably in retrospect a fucking mistake, was because I read a lot about what Hillary Clinton did with normalizing the coup in Honduras. Oh, yeah. And, and all these LGBT activists and environmental activists being fucking murdered. And like, we should like, absolutely oh, do an episode on that at some point. Yeah. yeah fuck. And yeah. yeah, so it's kind of like it. It is like a. This is like a very weird time because it is like, well, it is like literally a lesser of the two evil situations. Like it's definitely like, do you want this like weird wannabe fascist guy who's like dumbass supporters are forcing buses off the road? Or do you want, like, the guy who's, like, you know, going to be Republican, but, like, also 
not as like blatantly racist and homophobic and do a bunch of coups and fucking yeah and that is a that's a strong American countries that's a strong motivation to vote for Biden for like most people mm-hmm. like a return to some sort of normalcy like I don't think it matters what walk of life you come from like obviously shit is way worse right now than it was before Trump was president yeah well uh, I think that's a good place to kind of wrap it up for today uh, yeah don't forget to uh, rate and subscribe on iTunes um, we have an email it's uh, spin.pod at gmail.com you can you know send us any stories you think we might be interested in or hate mail or do a coup on us if you want we have a we have a Facebook at spin.pod cast (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah and so until next time goodbye for ever goodbye